Okay. All right. Serious question right now. <laughs> if Joe Biden actually wins the election, is is he going to leave his basement to go to the inauguration? <laughs> Well, Sam Rajovsky here, Sam Nation here on KXNT AM 840. Happy Sunday. Uh, good to be with you, friends. I, the, the, the critical thing you've got to understand in that in, in no one's world does the Biden camp want to have Biden debate Trump. This is why you're seeing every media figure in the mainstream press make arguments for why Biden should not in any way, shape or form, get up on any kind of stage virtually or in person and get into a debate with Trump. Everybody is terrified about this. So, of course, the joke is the assuming let's say he wins the election, there's I think suddenly he's going to he's going to pop out of his basement. Because this has nothing to do with covid. I mean, some of it's virtue signaling. I get it. Right. You have to show how good you are. If you're catering to the left, you got to show how good you are at at uh, socially distancing uh, from others in this in this covid era. And I get that. But the the real issue here is the Biden camp does not want any mano a mano with the Trumpster. The latest gaffe this week is just another indicator that Biden's not mentally fit to be running for president. Now, I didn't even get into the fact about being mentally fit to be president. I'm just saying running the campaign. A campaign is extremely rigorous. You got to think on your feet. You are uh, you got to engage with the press. And, and the, the, you've, the fact of the matter is he's just not the same guy that he was eight years ago. Or 12 years ago, uh, when he was when he was first uh, and then second time around running as uh, Barack Obama's vice president. So what we heard this week, the big news this week, of course, was that Biden was being interviewed uh, by uh, Errol Burnett, CBS uh, reporter. And uh, Errol, you know, well, Errol Burnett, he's. He's just asking him about cognitive tests. And this is a trigger for him. I feel sympathetic in some ways. He just the minute you ask him about his cognitive decline, he goes ballistic. Here's the exchange. I want you to listen to it because, by the way, this wasn't the only gaffe this week, but this was this was a significant one. If you haven't heard this yet, listen closely because it is a doozy. Have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say to President Trump who brags about his test and makes your mental state an issue for voters? Well, if he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Did you watch that? Look, come on, man. I, I, I know you're trying to goad me, but I mean, I'm so forward looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. There can be plenty of time. And by the way, as I joke with him, you know, I, I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't I, I probably shouldn't say. Anyway, I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public 
judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. This is painful. It's an absolute train wreck. And and the pressure of the campaign, we're down to the last 90 days, is the pressure of the campaign is only going to get more intense. And some of that pressure, by the way, folks, is going to be inflicted by the very media that is helping him. Because what, what right now the polls, just my opinion, are very inflated pro-Biden. But you got to expect the polls to start tightening. Because they're going to they're going to well, because the left wing pollsters will want to help with turnout. There's something about if, if the if they had every poll showing Biden plus 12. There are a lot of Biden voters, Democratic voters that are going to stay home. The only voter that shows up in a plus 12 race is the is are the hardcore ones. And the fact of the matter is, there are not any there. There are plenty of hardcore anti-Trump voters, but there's not very many Super die in the world pro Biden uh, folks out there. So that's that's the problem. So coming right off of this debacle with Errol Barnett, by the way, for whatever it's worth, is African-American. And it's just not a good look, I think, you know, to be asking even rhetorically a person of color right now whether or not they're a junkie. But leaving that for what it is, Biden then proceeded to put his foot in his mouth once more. And this in a conversation comparing African-Americans in this country as a group with Latinos. Listen to this. What you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. I mean, what? And okay, so this is, by the way, from the same guy. Uh Lest you think that this was just a mistake, it's from the same guy that that said when you if you if you don't vote for if you vote for Trump as an African American, then you're probably not black. It's a direct Joe Biden quote. You remember that controversial statement? He walked it back. But here's, I don't want to just write everything that comes out of Joe Biden's mouth, dismiss it as the as the talk of someone who is on the precipice of of full-blown dementia. Because what's coming out of his mouth is the unvarnished truth of what the Democratic Party has long sought to do and how they see the world, which is they see us, the American people, as these little groups, these pockets, identified by our race, our religion, our sexual orientation, and they've got us all divided, right? They've, they've got us in these little different categories. And we all represent to them a different value based solely, really, on political power. Does this little group here help me more? Oh, they've got those white evangelicals, those, those uh, heterosexual evangelicals. That, that's not our group. But over here, we've got the, you know, we've got the one-legged uh, you know, I'm not even going to get into it, but it's it, that is how uh, this is how a lot of Democrats that I've talked to over the years think about the world. And it's something that I principally loathe. Because I see this country as one nation, one people colorblind and the way that we get there. Right. That's the aspiration. I'm no I'm no fool. I, I get that. 
we we have still a ways to go. But the way that you get to that goal is by treating everyone the same and by not viewing different groups of, of different people as as and, and ascribing qualities to them based on your political needs. And you just don't do that. I think it's just it's and and, it, and so these are I mean, they're gaffes because they're embarrassing. And in 2020, if, if these words came out of Donald Trump's mouth, the, the, I mean, game over. Uh, but but the fact of the matter is uh, they they're they're not they're gaffes in part because they're they're finally we're getting a peek behind the curtain of how a mainstream. Right. Who is Joe Biden? A mainstream Democrat who's been in in what in Washington DC for 5 or 6 decades how he thinks and it should frighten us all because the objective of this country really is to is to move beyond this so there there's there's more on this and and I the analysis of course of how this plays into the final stages of the election campaign I think is critical to look at I'll get into that when we come back from the break you're listening to Sam Rajovsky, Sam Nation, here on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Uh, be right back. Don't go anywhere. Las Vegas is a place where working the system can get you in serious trouble. I'm looking at you, card counters. But why not go after the system in a positive way? At Sam and Ash, we provide that with the best personal injury representation. And as a former insurance defense attorney, I know their tricks and will use that to your advantage. With our compassionate yet tenacious drive, we'll get you the maximum settlement that you deserve. So call us anytime at 702-820-1234. Or visit SamandAsh.com. Because you deserve what's right. Jovsky here on uh, Sam Nation News Talk AM 840 KXNT, and I am reclaiming my time. <laughs> uh, by the way, the great clip surfaced, has been running around the internet, of Bill Barr, Attorney General. He was out and about somewhere, drove by a pro-police rally, and, uh, and ends up getting out of the car with his, with his FBI detail, and shakes hands with everybody there and had a very kind of pleasant exchange with people. And uh, and of course, every news story, you know, was was uh, every reporter who wrote about it was was having the vapors because he had been shaking people's hands and he was not wearing a mask. <laughs> so that's that's the takeaway. You cannot win today in this society. I mean, I guess if you put on a mask, it was a photo op. I mean, it was designed to do what it, you got, he's got to show his face. And it was out before anybody said it was out in the open. It was in a park. And uh, a very, very pleasant and, and heartwarming exchange. I, I, I did enjoy that. Uh, let's. Um, I, I want to get back to this to this Biden thing because he's got. I mean, it's it's here. Well, he's the gaffes. The, some of the gaffes are definitely not just slips of the tongue that reveal a, a, a frightening ideology that that perhaps many of us disagree with. But I, I also think some of them are just showing true cognitive decline. Here's one. Uh, let's see. This was uh, him talking about some of the glory days back with his his man, Obama, and all the billions and trillions of dollars that they procured out of nowhere uh, to help this country. Listen to this. We, we put in on our last administration a, a, a trillion and a half dollars. We're going to make that, too. That brought 
30 off the sideline. I mean, billion. It's about 30 billion off the sidelines. I mean, I recognize that politicians talk about billions and trillions like it's funny money, but it's just it's 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 not coherent. Here's a couple more. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know, the you know, the thing during World War Two, uh, you know, where Roosevelt came up with a thing uh, that, uh, you know, was totally different than a than the, the it's called he called it the, you know, the World War Two. He had the world, the, the war production board. My name is Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Look me over. If you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other guy. Give me a look, though, OK? I don't even the last one's funny because I've I've tried to figure out what that word is. My name is Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for Senate. He's saying this, of course, as he's running for the candidate. Uh, he's running for the nomination, Democratic Party nomination this last round. Uh, if you if you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other by. I think he meant guy or Biden. There's like another Biden out there somewhere. I don't know. Look, it's sad. And those of us who have dealt with this in a close way, this is heartbreaking. And the only thing that I mean, I, I really am not making light of this. This is serious. And the media is so desperate to get Trump out that they're they're assisting in this. So, of course, the big. The big thing right now is figuring out how this, what kind of impact this has on the race. And I, 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 we talked a little bit about the polls earlier. And I say how they, they'll tend to tighten because the pollsters that are, let's say, a little bit more ideologically anti-Trump will start to, will start to fidget or manipulate the math, the formula, to tighten them in order to boost turnout. This is a commonly done thing. I'm not just making this up. It is a real thing. Now, the other part of this is, is that three months out, six months out, people have there's not very many people out there that love Trump right now. The, the people who vote for Trump over Biden, m- most of those voters are choosing between a guy that is a loose cannon on Twitter is a little bit all over the place, is in many ways ideologically unreliable, has many weaknesses, but but he understands that the, the role of the executive branch is to deregulate as much as possible on the federal level to allow for a business climate where companies can prosper because that in turn turns into jobs. Jobs in turn turn into paychecks. Paychecks in turn uh, get 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 in, made into spending money, and spending money is what is what is turns the economy over and over and up and up. He gets that, so we know he gets that because then he's consistently performed in that way. Now Trump is a bit of a interventionist for my liking, and and he certainly loves to to wield the power of the Federal Reserve and all sorts of other, you know, I I just he's a big government guy in that sense. But he understands the power of deregulation. He has done great things. And hear me out on this. For every person that is has a retirement account, an IRA, any kind of investment in the stock market, those people have all done better. So now when I'm talking about how people, 
you, you might pick up the phone and three months before the election go freaking Trump. Yeah, I hate that. I'm voting for Biden or I'm voting for. And you'll see this a lot with the libertarian candidates. The libertarian candidate will have big numbers months out from the race because that's the protest vote. But when but when it comes time to the voting booth or I guess your living room with a mail in ballot. When it comes time to that moment, people, what they tend to do is they, they tend to be real. And they tend to be pragmatic. So Trump's going to get the pragmatic vote. He's going to get the vote of people who have a significant portion of their life savings invested in the stock market. Because Trump, one thing that the Trump administration has proven, I, you can't argue with success, is in spite of COVID, the market keeps going up. And it's going up because the market believes that smart people moving around billions, trillions, zillions of dollars. Uh, pulling a little Biden math out of the thin air here. Um, th- those people are are counting on taking advantage of this highly this deregulated state that our economy is in. And they're they they like the economic positions that the Trump administration has taken. And I think the greatest fear with the Biden presidency, if I can speak to this as a just from a a business climate Wall Street point of view, is that Biden is going to be simply the 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 window dressing. And the, the power behind the throne, right, is we don't know who. We have no idea who the power base of a Biden presidency will be. And the the thing, the sad reality is Biden won't have any idea either. And that's frightening. And I believe that the markets will reel from a Biden victory were it to happen, should it happen, they will, they will, and they will panic until his team is put into place. Now, if the team that he puts into place are kind of middle of the road, uh, people and and sort of, you know, Wall Street thinking type people like Trump has, incidentally, Steve Mnuchin and others, then I, I, I think we're going to be OK. But looking around at the oh, I don't know, at the the folks that make up the Democratic Party right now, where where the Democratic Party is is moving in terms of an ideological direction. And it it should rightly frighten us. And if it frightens us, it's going to frighten the smart people who've got a lot of billions of dollars on the line. And so this is my this is a long, long hand here of explaining why the outcome in this election might end up being very surprising, because if right now I had to put my finger on it, my guess would be this this race definitely leans Biden. But the great unknown in all of this are the pragmatic voters, the people that have their retirements tied up. Because I was watching on the news the other day, you know, all these older folks that voted for Trump before, they're not voting for him because of COVID. Because Trump doesn't care about people dying from COVID. And I'm going, these older folks, what are you talking? The people that go out and vote religiously, they have some amount of their money tied up in the housing market and on Wall Street. These are not people that are just living off of Social Security. So they're... They are 100 percent dependent on the health of the economy moving forward, and they're not going to obsess over what Trump tweeted 
in that moment when they're filling out their ballot. And so when you point, I think the show, one of the great things you listen, it's an hour of your week and you listen to it and you get a little bit of insight so you can talk to your friends because the conventional wisdom is what we're fighting here. We're, we're fighting the, the instant conclusion. And the polls, you can't just dismiss polls as fake that they're rigged by the people that are asking. You've got to also understand how fluid responders are in polls, how wishy-washy people are. I've done this. I've, you know, I'm a lawyer. I've done a number of focus groups. We do this when we've got a big case. We try to figure out how a jury's going to look at our arguments. It's a common practice. So I, I interview and have interviewed hundreds of regular people and also in, in situations that are non-ideological. And I'm going to tell you that, that people, their positions shift they evolve and they're swayable, but I will tell you, very few people out there will will vote in direct opposition to their self, their financial self-interest. Very few. But that is reserved for the ideologues. And this program, of course, is not one that is necessarily ideologically driven. We are pragmatists here. But we know certain things are true, such as, you know, you got to you, you got to support business in a country so that regular people have jobs and they have paychecks and they spend their money. All right. Don't go anywhere. We I want to talk about covid big updates here in Nevada. I think uh, some interesting lawsuits uh, that have are playing out locally, very locally. Don't go anywhere. Interesting stuff. I promise. Sam Rajovsky. Sam Nation here on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Have you been injured in a car or motorcycle accident and the insurance adjuster will only pay a fraction of your claim or even worse, nothing at all? That's not right. What is right? Finding an attorney who will be a fighter for you when you need it most. At Sam and Ash, we are revolutionizing personal injury representation by focusing on your rights and your recovery. Call us anytime at 702-820-1234. Or visit samandash.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Sam Rajovsky, Sam Nation here on News Talk, AM 840 KXNT, live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Happy Sunday. I am, as you know, rarely wrong, but always right. And reporting for duty here uh, this weekend so that we can kind of sum up the week and, you know, what's going on. A great, crazy story here locally in Las Vegas. So I think it's, I think it's interesting and applicable to, to all of us because, um, well, so the headline of a story is never really what it is all about. That's my point. There's always something beyond it. And maybe because I'm a lawyer, I, I, I look at these things, I take them apart and see what, what they're getting at. There's a local blogger who is, uh, goes by the, 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 the handle Vital Vegas here in Las Vegas. His, name, his real name is Scott Robin. And he's a good guy. He's a smart dude. And I'll tell you, he so two weeks ago or so, he put out a tweet that said there was a rumor about the Sahara closing. The Sahara, of course, being a 
hotel that recently rebranded from the SLS. So it used to be the Sahara, you know, a, a legendary property on the Strip. Uh, and then it rebranded the SLS and it kind of came and went back to being the Sahara. And the group that operates it, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I've been in there a few times. I really like the I like the building. I like everything that they've done with it. They've put in a lot of money. It's just not working. It wasn't working great before the pandemic. I think I mentioned to you a couple weeks ago, we did it. I, I looked at what the midweek rates were. They were like $32 a night. It's literally not sustainable that a hotel like that can operate off of 32 bucks a night when midweek rates. I was at Circus Circus, and Circus Circus, by the way, uh, uh, love, they have a restaurant in there. I'm not going to digress, but let me just say this. There's a great restaurant at Circus Circus. It's called The Steakhouse. Very nice place. If you like steak and you like kind of an old world type uh, type uh, environment, you feel like you're in the middle of a Columbo episode. Very kind of dark and mysterious, and and uh, I, I just love it. So I, I was there the other night, and I was joking that most of the things on the menu individually cost more than a night at the hotel. Because that's just where that's that's the that's the covid world we're in. But unlike the Sahara, you know, I don't know if this I don't know if Circus Circus has been renovated since like the, the 1978. So they've they're they're operating on a they own that thing cash. And uh, and so they can weather a crisis better than a place like the Sahara. So Robin puts out this tweet saying there is rumors that the Sahara will close. And the other day he got sued by the Sahara. <laughs> they filed a lawsuit against him. Friday, was it? They filed. <laughs> and what, what are they alleging? Well, they're alleging that this is a false rumor. It's not true. And that Robin, by publishing it, has created untold amounts of damage to the casino because it's panicked customers who are canceling uh, reservations. It's panicking, uh, you know, vendors. It's panicking employees who are looking for other jobs. Uh, sorry, there are no other jobs, so I, I don't know. Anyway, so they're 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 made, they 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 threw down this lawsuit, and all my friends are texting me. Like, what do you think about this? Like, does it have any legs? The short answer is: Here's what I I think is going on. I got to be careful because these people are lawsuit happy. So I gotta I'm gonna say this. Let's just suppose for a minute that a hotel is going to close down or a restaurant is going to shut down. Very few uh, hotels, operators, restaurants will announce that they're closing beforehand. They don't because then people won't show up. They operate like they're, they're going to live forever until the last day. They Mick Jagger the, the hell out of this thing. Okay? So nobody announces that they're going to shut down. But if you are perhaps looking at the numbers and starting to panic, it's a great time to look for sca scapegoats. And not because they think they're going to get any meaningful amount of money out of Scott Robin, but because they need explanations other than just COVID and other than certainly just their own managerial incompetence. So they need to find a scapegoat. That's what they'll need in their story to their investors, to the bank, whoever uh, whoever's going to get it in the shorts here with, you know, a major loss. And so my my hot take on the story is it's just not what it what it appears. I, I think that they're doing more damage than 
than good. Because what they've done is now a lot of people who didn't know who Scott Robin was now do. And they're all following Vital Vegas. So, you know, Scott's income's going up. The the lawsuit's a non-starter. I, I just think that the, they can't, they're not going to be able to tie damages back to one blogger. They're already, before the rumor happened, were operating at, at very low occupancy and giving away their rooms basically for free. And they'll have to prove that it was Scott that put the nail in the coffin. I just don't think they're going to be able to do that. So they're coming up. They're lining up an excuse. Instead of saying this is the cause, you know, they're not going to prove it's the cause, but they're going to be able to put some amount of excuse on it. So we're going to follow that one. The other lawsuit that dropped this week was the one against the NRA. Now, we heard the New York Attorney General Letitia James send out invites to a press conference and everybody was schwitzing that it was going to be an announcement about Trump because the day before Trump's, uh, well, financial advisors, one of his banks or financial firms had just turned over his financial records to the attorney general's office in New York and everybody was was freaking out about it. I I mean, it's going to take them a while to go through all that stuff, so they're not going to come up with an announcement the next day. Instead, it was the NRA. And I have to just remind you, a little bit of time travel. If you go back just a few months, you'll remember that none other than Ollie North, who was the president of the NRA, he was on the board, had a public spat with Wayne LaPierre, who's the CEO of the NRA. And the public spat was Ollie North was calling out in his capacity as a board member out of control spending by the NRA as it related to some outside law firms. Yes, I know it's the lawyers that always get thrown under the bus, but here it was just an an ungodly sum of money that was being paid out. And, And Ollie North of Reagan fame was the one going, hey, wait a minute, this is crazy. What are we doing spending all this money? And he there was a power struggle and Wayne LaPierre won the fight and Ollie North left. And I remember at that time, I'm a I'm been a longtime NRA member. I remember at the time going, I this just doesn't smell right to me. I don't like this. So I, for one, am reading this this uh, this lawsuit that the attorney general filed in New York state. And, and the, the, the reason it's filed in New York State, by the way, is because the NRA is organized in New York State. They are a New York State corporation, and they are a non-for-profit. And non-profit rules are that you, you, you have to – you really uh, – your funds, a certain significant portion of your funds have to go to the core mission. And the core mission, as it turns out, is not flying your family members to the Bahamas on private jets, which is exactly what the attorney general is alleging occurred. If you are a rank-and-file member of the NRA as I am, you ought to be outraged by this. You can also be outraged by the fact that the, oh, you know, imagine if what the reaction would be from the mainstream media if an a Republican evangelical attorney general in some state X, we'll call it Oklahoma, went after Planned Parenthood. And sued the local chapter of Planned Parenthood for dissolution over unethical, illegal practices. The story in the news would be 24-7 that it is a politically oriented hit. 
So I actually am one of these people. I actually see it both ways. It, I, I think that Wayne LaPierre is a crook. I think he's taking your money and my money. If you're an NRA member, like many of you are, he, he's taking our money and, buy, and living a lifestyle that, that we would only dream of in an inappropriate way. He should have been spending that money buying senators, right? That's a joke. Okay, I'm going to get in trouble for that one. <laughs> but you'd see now, look, if they were to say, hey, he was flying, you know, some, some people, influential politicians or ex-politicians, and he was flying them on a junket to the Bahamas on a private jet. I get it. I get it. Wink, wink. I know what's going on. But his mother's brother's sister, I mean, whatever that was, again, if it's true, I don't like it. And neither should you. Because for most of us sending in that that check, annual check every year, it hurts a little bit. And we do it from a position of wanting to support the Second Amendment. So that's what that is all about. But at the same time, it can also be a political hit. And I'll tell you why. Because the most the most dangerous and in my view, unethical thing that a prosecutor, police officer, a any kind of magistrate that issues charges or initiates an arrest can do is the selective targeting of a person or persons or companies for reasons that are X doesn't matter, but it's they're selective. A selective prosecution is where you go after somebody for breaking a rule, but you let the other eight slide. You can't do that. And a selective prosecution, that's where we turn into a banana republic. That is the kind of thing that you see in happen in Israel. <laughs> and no knock on Israel, but, you know, they've been going after Bibi Netanyahu for years. Saying, and then, then, then the other parties in the opposition, they go after the other party back and forth and Every, you know, every leader pretty much gets tied up getting prosecuted. And it cripples the country. Now, I guess the NRA is not a, a political leader, but, you know, it's not like we haven't had, you know, members of law enforcement target any sitting leaders, have we, recently? Selective prosecution, not a good thing. All right, I'm going to get to COVID. I'm getting, and schools, we got to talk about schools. Sam Rajovsky, Sam Nation here on KXNT AM 840. Finding the right personal injury attorney in the bright lights of Las Vegas used to be as tough as finding free parking on the Strip. Now, both have changed. At Sam and Ash, you'll get experienced lawyers who care about you and only you. We've recovered a total of over $400 million for our clients. And while no one can guarantee a result in your case, experience like ours matters. Call us anytime, 702-820-1234. Or visit samandash.com. Because you deserve what's right. I'm back. Sam Rajovsky here on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Yeah, um, if you if you watch Narcos, I always say this. If you watch Narcos, you would pronounce my name Samuel Mirechowski. And so that's the phonetic pronunciation uh, south of San Diego. I'm very proud of that. And I love the fact that I can I, I've said the story before. I, I can go to a restaurant in Mexico and, and I can say my name phonetically in Spanish. 
and they can write it perfectly. It's magical. Um, here, no, I maybe maybe in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, Chicago, they might be able to write Merjofsky. Um, certainly not anywhere else. Call me Sam. There we go. Problem solved. COVID, let's talk about it. July numbers came out. They are, by and large, good. 1.8 million jobs added in July. So uh, so there's still a long way to go. But one economist has described this as a strong rebound. But because the downturn's so big and the hole is so deep, it's going to take probably a couple years to get out of it. And I think that that rings true to me. Now, one thing interestingly is I find interesting here in Las Vegas locally is I am observing a strong local demand for restaurants, for example. I don't know about you, but a few a handful of my favorite spots that I go to all the time, I I'll just say it. I try to get a reservation at the Golden Steer. I love the Signorelli family, good people, uh, good friends, and I You know, and I didn't know I didn't call them to I just called the front desk. I didn't want to be a pain in the butt. And they couldn't slide me in until like nine o'clock. And it was uh, what when when it was uh, middle of the week. Now, I get that that's not a scientific study. okay? but there is some scientific data to back up what I'm saying. And that came in in the form of, and this is just locally to Las Vegas, but I I think it's interesting and has some application for the rest of the country. The the losses, right, the strip revenue, meaning on Las Vegas Boulevard, all the big casinos, big hotels that cater to whom? Out-of-state people, right, travelers. Those were hit a lot harder uh, than the casinos, for example, that were off the strip, that tend to cater more to locals. And um, those declined. The locals casino declined only by 28 uh, percent. Strip casino, 61 percent. And downtown, which is like Fremont Street, old, gritty Las Vegas that I love, 55 uh, percent. So. That's a significant, I mean, almost a double decline on the strip as compared to off the strip. And I know there's a lot of people in our community that are financially hurting right now. I I mean, I get it. And they're, I mean, hell's bells. There are unemployment claims. This, This state hasn't been able to figure out how to do unemployment. And they just put a... Governor Sisolak just put, I guess, a, a a veteran of Planned Parenthood, a political crony, in as the new Dieter head. I mean, this is not the time to be putting in cronies. This is the time to be putting in serious people that can get the job done. But at any rate, oh, I could make a joke, producer Robbie. I could make a joke. I'm not going to make any jokes about people's unemployment as it relates to abortion. But I'm going to say that there are people out there hurting and there's people out of there out of work. There's people taking any jobs that they can. There's people that that are, are just have been been turned out by this. If you're one of the lucky ones and you are out in our community, out in any community, whatever town you live in, support your local restaurants, support your local businesses. 
Now, Amazon has plenty of money. Amazon's profited in all this because mom and pop stores got shut down while the big box stores and Amazon and online retailers made off like bandits. And no wonder that the Washington Post is pushing COVID shutdowns and pushing the fear because the billionaires out there have made billions off of this more. And I'm not anti-capitalism. Trust me, far from it. I am a cheerleader for big billionaires becoming bigger billionaires. But in our communities, you vote with your dollars. Please continue doing what apparently many of you already are. Go out to eat at local restaurants. Go shop at local stores. And also, here's another thing, right? It's weird out there. I get it. So just be patient. Be patient with people. I have to remind myself of that all the time because there's some real uh, crazy stuff going out. And and everybody's on edge and everybody's got a, a different level of fear with this thing. But I'm all for supporting local businesses. And also, if you can know that some of these waiters have been out of work for a while. So just, you know, and, and, and people might be scaling back. So just if you can, if you can leave a fat tip, do it. Be generous. Because we all have to help each other get through this thing. My parents shop at an optical store in Beverly Hills. Have for many, many years. My parents live in California. They travel from Orange County up to Beverly Hills. The store has been in the same family since the 60s. First, they got shut down by COVID. It was terrible. Then came the riots. Their store was looted lost a ton of merchandise, and they are now not reopening. My parents went up this weekend for the last time to say goodbye to the owners. Folks, this is not okay. And so, you know, when we look at where we need to be as a country, uh, we're nothing without our Main Street businesses. We do not want to be dependent just on big box chains and and, um, drones flying through the air dropping packages on us. That's not... That's not the dystopian future I want to live in. And so I, I know, you know, a lot of the misconception about Las Vegas is that we're this place that is just the strip. We're not. And we've got a lot of small businesses and a lot of small stores, a lot of mom and pop businesses. So, um, you know, go back to your dry cleaners, get some stuff dry cleaned. They're hurting. Go back to, you know, go back to your local hole-in-the-wall restaurant. They've get, get some more takeout. Do what you can. And, uh, and know that uh, it all makes a difference, and we're going to climb out of this hole together, and money replicates money. This is a thing in economics that is very difficult to conceptualize, but money actually grows the more we put it out there into the economy. When you spend a dollar, it is like when you drink water. You consume something, it goes through you, it, it, I don't have to explain how the whole thing works, right? But that water recycles, it goes up, it goes down, it goes back, and, and, it, and it just keeps replenishing. And this is how dollars work in our economy. And it's really important that we keep them moving. So I am supremely optimistic here that our, our future is bright. Now, as for schools, we've seen if New York State can say go back to class, I know their numbers are low, but they had such devastating numbers. They, they closed so late that they went through this thing. They let it, it burn like a wildfire. 
And now they're in a much better place than they than they were. So I'm I, I, I what is the, You know, the statistics with kids, it's funny. Six point six percent of reported covid-19 cases and less than 0.1 percent of covid-19 related deaths are among children and adolescents less than 18. I know the teacher, you can put you can put protections in. If people are allowed to go out and protest and exercise their first amendment, if people are allowed to go to Costco, our kids can sit their A money monies down in a classroom and have a school year. I think it's hugely important. We we need to take care of our kids. All right, time's up. Just like that, an hour flies by. Have a great rest of your day. Love you guys. Always happy to be here with you. And we're going to get through this together. I believe that very strongly. Sam Rajovsky, Sam Nation here on Talk Radio AM 840 KXNT.